Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to a very special episode of The The Pemberley Podcast. We are very excited for this week's episode where we interviewed the one and only Hank Green. As I'm sure you're all aware, Hank was the co-creator and executive producer for the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. He was kind enough to take the time to Skype us all the way from Montana, and we had a really great interview with him. We learned a lot of new information about the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. So without further ado, I hope you all enjoy this episode. All right. Well, first of all, thank you very much for taking the time for this. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, but I'm Jillian. I'm Yolanda. Yes, hello. Hello. And uh, just thank you for doing this. We're such huge fans of the show and of like all things like Nerdfighter. We're excited to go to VidCon this year. So, yeah. Well, thank you for doing it. I feel it feels very special. I'm a a big fan of the Gilmore Guys podcast. I'm wearing Um, a shirt actually for the Gilmore Guys. And and the idea that that, that a, a thing I made has its own Gilmore Guys. Uh, is is very is a great honor and uh, oh. one of the greatest achievements of my life. Oh, so thank you. We're well, your Gilmore guys. We're 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 so happy to be your Gilmore guys. That's really all we <laughs> needed to hear. So that's great. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> thanks for doing that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how the idea for your vlog adaptation of Pride and Prejudice came to be? Because you've sort of done a lot of unscripted STEM-based shows. Yeah. What made you sort of want to transition into literature? So I, I'm i going to try to give you something I haven't said before. Okay. Because I feel like I've said it all before. But here's something I'm, I'm not sure I have said before. I was on Tumblr one day in the back in the days. <laughs> and I don't even know what year this was. But this was years before I did Lizzie Bennett, or at least a year. And I saw this drama happen where there was a person who wanted to take their date to the prom, but their date to the prom was of the same sex. And they got like, there was like a hubbub at the school. And in addition to that, the person who was bringing their same sex date to the prom was not the nicest person. Kind of like was pretty out there and angry and said lots of nasty things that were sort of above and beyond what might be the proper reaction. And, and, And it made me think like, there's a lot of drama here that's interesting. And what if, like, the people in this story, and, like, there's obviously a side of good, but it, there's a little bit of confusion and, like, people are overreacting. You know, I, I, like, I'm, I don't want to say that, like, this person was overreacting, like, it's a terrible situation and they should be able to take the person that they liked to the prom. But uh, it felt ripe for, like, talking about, the, like, telling a story in a new way. That this, like, And I was like, this could be a story where we would have all of the people who are involved in this, uh, like the bad guys who are like tr- like tr- like saying nasty things on the internet about this person and then like, you know, the date who doesn't really like even want to be involved in the controversy and then the person who's trying to stand up for their rights. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and like that would be a thing that we, you could tell that whole story through video blogs. Hmm. Yeah. And I I was really into the idea of like this is how people are talking now that like this is how we're communicating now. This is a really effective method of communication that's new 
And we're telling stories, but we're mostly telling nonfiction stories. What if we built it in a way where we would tell a fictional story? So I had that idea, and then there were a bunch of problems with that idea. I would have to write the thing. It's sort of a fraught subject. It was sort of like based on this weird true story that I didn't know anything about and wasn't involved in. I uh, didn't know how to write stuff. And then one day I was probably watching Pride and Prejudice. Uh, not reading. The miniseries or the movie from 2005? Yeah, the the Colin Firth miniseries. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the movie. Don't (laughs) don't even come at me with that. Um, Sorry, fans of the movie. But, um, and I was like, this might work. And this is in the public domain. And this is a beloved story. And this has been adapted in a thousand different ways, all of which are great. And, like, this is something that, like, we, we keep retelling this story because we love it so much. And so that idea then sat in my mind for, for months until I'm... And, and then I still had the same problem that, like, I don't know how to make stuff. Hmm. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to... I'd never written fiction in my life. And I'd certainly never produced a web series or, you know, any kind of fictional... I'd, I hadn't at that point produced anything. Like, it was just me. I had produced my own body and voice and self <laughs> on camera so at that point i was just like i this is a great idea i don't know i don't know what to do with it which is which is a fairly common thing for me where i'm like i have this i'm gonna put it over here and not pay any attention to it until like the tools necessary for it to become a real thing arrive sure so what were the steps to actually making the series happen yeah well the the, the tool was mostly uh, that is a bad way to say that because I was about to say the tool was mostly Bernie, but you don't call people tools. Uh, that's that's a, that is an insult word. Um, the uh, it, it was it was very much like I I knew that I needed somebody who knew how to make a web series, and I met Bernie, and I don't think I knew who he was. I don't think I had been aware of his work before that. But I met him at uh, after a YouTube event, so this early YouTube tour that had its first stop in San Francisco and then after it a bunch of people who were at the like the the sort of inaugural event of this tour went out to this Mexican bar and Shay Carl who's a good friend of mine was there and he got real drunk and it was hilarious (laughs) and Bernie was there and we were just sitting next to each other at the bar and like eating nachos and we just started talking and uh and he said that he made fiction stuff and so I then went home and I, I told him about the idea for, you know, adapting Pride and Prejudice into a miniseries and he loved the idea. And so I then went home and I watched some of the stuff that he had made and I was like, this is very good. He knows what he's doing. I feel like he could pull this off. And I feel like with the combined power of like, I have an audience that I can push toward it. I have a vision for what I want it to be. And I have some money. And Bernie has, like, the ability to actually execute this in Los Angeles where there are people who act professionally and, like, it's easier to find them uh, instead of, like, in Montana where it would be like, okay, calling all my friends. Does anybody <laughs> want to be in it? Does, I, I need three redheads. Uh, yeah. No, no acting experience necessary, just the <laughs> yeah. redheads. Yeah, because yeah. you said that the Guild was a big inspiration for this. So were you trying to capture that Felicia Day look? No, no, I was not. Uh, uh, so we had a weird experience with casting. Okay. Where, uh, where we were having a, like, casting is terrible. It's the worst thing I've ever done morally. Because okay. it's just like, it's like, here's, so you need a person to do this wonderful thing that you want to do. Here's a list of the 500 people who have said they want to do it. Pick. 
And so the first step, like the, you, you can't do it based on anything other than like, I'm going to look at you and be like, do you look like Lizzie Bennett to me? And it is so like, it felt so callous to be like, nope, 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 nope. And like, I know nothing about these people. I know nothing about what a great Lizzie Bennett they would have been. It just like, I'm looking for somebody who looks the, the right way um, in the first round. And then you like, then you actually sure, yeah. spend time uh, looking at their performances. But as the performances came in for the people that we picked, you know, it was a huge variety of, of looks of people. But we started to settle on a couple of like Mary Kate, I think was the first person that we settled on for sure. And then because she just performed Lydia so perfectly. And, like, there was a lot of stuff that was really hard in that performance to pull off and not look like, and, and like, to, to, like, really go, like, go all the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a very um, big and, personality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, instead of instead of being like, now I have to say this line, and it, it's really, like, I, like, if you don't, if you don't sell the line 100%, you know that you're acting and that you're performing yeah. a script that maybe like maybe it's because the script was ju- it was we were pushing the character of Lydia too far but Mary Kate made it happen. And so we had Mary Kate and then we were looking at a bunch of other people and both Ashley and oh god Laura Laura <laughs> we're we're in those groups. Um and uh I don't feel bad because of course Laura Spencer has gone on to do amazing things. So <laughs> yeah. I've, what is she on? Uh, Bones. Yeah. Big Bang. Yeah. Theory? Big Bang Theory, like that, yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, Skittles commercials, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in the fact that they were both very like high in the running, but they also like had this. They looked like maybe they could have been Mary Kate Wilde's sister. Hmm. I was just like, okay, well, the redhead thing happened mostly because Mary Kate had red hair, and we had two leading contenders who also had red hair, okay. and it was like, well. If we're gonna if we're gonna make this choice based purely on uh, looks, Aesthetic, I guess yeah. <laughs> there's that. And she like uh, but dyed I, I, her hair red too. What if what if it hadn't been red? Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> totally. I, I, who knows? That's why I, I always think that about movies, like especially Harry Potter, where I'm just like, what if what if Rupert Grint had been sick that week? <laughs> like, what? Who would have been Ron for my whole life? Yeah. You yeah. know? What if? Yeah. What if Emma Watson just like didn't like you know, was like, ah, it's not, I don't really feel like I'm going to get that part. Yeah. And like, then we never would have had, not only would we not have had Hermione as Emma Watson, we wouldn't have had Emma Watson as Emma Watson. Yeah, like all the great things she's done. To do yeah. great yeah. things. And she's going to be our, our bell in the new yeah. live action beauty in the yeah. beast. So, so yes, in my own very small way, I, I, I have experienced that process and it's terrible. There's so <laughs> many great people. Yeah. And so hard, so hard to pick. But I feel like now, and then of course, immediately once you see them, like the first episode, you're like, I couldn't imagine anyone else. Mm. This was perfect. The perfect choices were made. We're so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's really easy for us as viewers to see that. Like this all came. Like it feels like yeah. it just came together. But it was very yeah. different from you. You had to construct it, and I feel like thank you for making it look so easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the uh, casting was a. I remember like laboring over that maybe for the longest of anything during the actual production of the series that like that was the thing that stressed me out the most and that I spent the most time on did you think that was like the hardest thing to do like because it was difficult to of course write everything and rewrite everything and make sure well first of all I have to say like I didn't write very much of Lizzie Bennett at all and I like I I had in the early like in the first like 14 episodes I was writing a little bit and I was advising on scripts Mm -hmm. but 
I don't want to take any credit for the writing of the of the show. Yeah, I guess what I mean for you is you like oversaw everything. Yeah, yeah. I I think casting is just like I, I like I try to be a very empathetic person, and it is not an easy thing to do empathetically. Hmm. Yeah. Was there anything else that was really particularly hard for you as someone who's not used to making creative things? Um, letting go was the thing. So, uh, you know, when I when I'm making a video that's a Vlogbrothers video, and I, that's all I pretty much all I'd ever created was that, and like writing columns, like humor columns, or writing you know straight journalism. You know, a little bit when you're writing for a magazine, you have to let go and let the editor edit you and be like, okay, I see. Like, I don't know what, exactly why you made that choice, but like, fine. And sometimes that can be like angering and frustrating, and I, I've had that experience. But going into this, there's so many different perspectives that go into it. You know, there's the director, but there's also the actor, there's also the writers, and like, the, and there's like, there's all those people are in the room, and I'm not in the room because I live in Montana. Mm-hmm. And then like, so like, I see the script and I see the actors, and I'm like, okay, let's put this together. And then it comes at me, and I'm like, that's not how I pictured it, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Just let go. And you're not going to, like, we're not going to reshoot this because, like, Hank thinks that that word should have been pronounced differently or that <laughs> the, the structure of that sentence should have ended differently to, to indicate something slightly different and, like, that I would have directed it different. Sure, I would have directed it differently. Hmm. Um, but I, I just remember that I used to edit them. Yeah, yes. You are credited as editing the first few episodes for a while, yeah. actually. Yeah. And that was that was a very interesting experience. And so funny too, because like like being in the room but not being in the room, you know? Yeah. Like I couldn't have any say in what was going on, but like watching the process of Bernie directing and like seeing the different takes and like picking like getting to pick which of the takes because okay. like there's like four good takes then you like you're like which one which one am I going to do which one flows best in the next one and that was all like a completely new experience for me like a com- like total learning curve didn't know what I was doing but knowing that like if I had been in the room I would have I would have directed differently but that's not my job hmm. and so let it go and and like I'm sure that there are lots of reasons why it's good or better the way that it was done than the way I would have done it cool. so that was hard did you anticipate the fact that like every sort of bookish fangirl on the internet would like <laughs> latch onto this and make it their new favorite thing. No. And in, in fact, I, uh, I mean, I, so Lizzie Bennett Diaries was, a, was an inexpensive thing to make. Um, I mean, by any standard, except for the one that I had previously had, which was just making videos by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, by, by that standard, it was extremely expensive. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I knew that, um, that it was worth it to me to spend the money on it, even if it never made the money back, hmm. because I wanted it to be a thing, and I thought that it should be a thing, and 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 that there were gonna be people who loved it so much. Like I didn't think that there would be as many people, but I wanted to make something that us like that a niche audience would just love, and I think that that's that's a, a lot of what works best on the internet, mm-hmm. especially now as there's so much more content. But I, what I didn't anticipate was the size of the market, I guess. Like, I kind of thought, like, you know, because my, my wife is, is, was my path into Pride and Prejudice, into Jane Austen. And so, like I, like, I felt like the majority of Jane Austen fans out there were probably, like, 30-year-old women, don't watch a lot of web series, and, you know, thir- even older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turned out that there was, there was actually a lot, a lot of folks who, who were there and who were already obsessed at a younger age with hmm. Jane Austen and and also with internet culture and like that 
that that that overlap was very big. You yeah. found us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I had I had only watched the movie, and then like through Lizzie Bennet Diaries, kind of went back to the actual book because mm. it was like, oh, this is actually really cool, and it made it in a more accessible way. Um, but you have previously said that you funded the first twenty four episodes, I believe, and like kind of the process was hope for the best of what's going to happen yeah. beyond that. What mm-hmm. would have happened if it just stopped there, or would have would have it just have a project that would have died out? <laughs> yeah, what if it hadn't become a thing? It, obviously, I don't know the answer to that question, but it may have. Like, we may have sped production. Um, oh, okay. So just like cut out some of the drama and moved forward, and like ended the series early. Ah, interesting. So, so like, I don't think that I could have had. I would have had it in my heart to just stop and not have. Yeah. Uh, you know, not have Darcy and Lizzie get together and like, that would, it's like, like, yeah, that would have been, that would have been too sad. Um, But yeah, honestly, I didn't think about it. Okay, sure. That's Um, a good thing. It ended up being a good thing. Yeah. I just, I jump into things a lot without, without thinking a ton. No, but it's, Uh, you were going to say something? I was just going to say that it's not my best quality, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because what we like our format for the show is we talk about two Lizzie Bennet Diaries episodes per episode of the Pemberley podcast, and we kind of mm-hmm. just passed episode twenty-four, and mm-hmm. so we noticed the huge influx of characters. Like we met Collins, and we've met Caroline, and yeah. we met Bingley, and we're like, finally, more people. And we're like, oh wait, this is when like they knew that they could keep going, so it makes a yeah. lot of sense that we're meeting yeah, them we now. We could start spending more money too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we've been casting for those people before that. We knew that we could. We knew that it was going to be sustainable before then, but yeah, it's really interesting. And like web series don't tend to be sustainable. Like mm-hmm. they tend to be portfolio pieces or pilots for possible things that might end up on TV mm-hmm. and uh, or get picked up in the traditional, you know, the traditional Hollywood system of whatever. And I wasn't, I was never, I never wanted to build Lizzie Bennet Diaries to be that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was definitely like, especially at that point in, in uh, web series, there's a lot of traditional Hollywood people sort of like with free time and like, let's try this and do this. And like, I have this idea and I want to get it out and, and like, we'll only spend, a, a, you know, like 500 grand on it. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, we were significantly lower budget than that. And, and I wanted to make something that like was designed for internet people and was designed for internet budgets mm-hmm. and like designed for internet income and the yeah the fact that that we were able to make it work mostly just on youtube revenue which is i don't like whatever you know about yeah. online video revenue is very low is you know like not a creative accomplishment but but it's a business accomplishment that yeah I'm very definitely proud of. yeah <laughs> Did uh, any Hollywood people, because yeah. a, lo- a lot of, you're right, like a lot of people sort of make web series hoping that it could go on to a medium where it'll make more money. Did that mm-hmm. ever happen to the Lizzie Bennet Diaries? Like, did anyone from Hollywood reach out and be like, we want this to be a TV show or something else? Yeah, it did. Um, and we talked to those people about those things. Like, I wasn't like opposed to it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was not movie length. It was TV length, TV, TV show kind of style. And there was a lot of like, what we want to do is we want to we want you to keep doing Lizzie Bennet Diaries, but we want you to make them in a way that will be easy to cut into TV length episodes. And and by doing that, we would need to pull back from the webcam and like have the camera follow people around, hmm. and have it be more like The Office kind of, uh, you okay. know, fictional mm-hmm. docudrama kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And 
I was resistant to that. Bernie was a little less resistant to it, but still resistant to it. Uh, just because like, I didn't want to make it like the full thing wasn't happening and you were like missing stuff if you were just watching on the internet. Sure. Um, and then of course it would have tremendously slowed down production. Like, like doing it in the middle of the show was just like, we would have like had to be like, okay, well we're going to take a six month break so that we can retool everything to, to, to make a high budget enterprise. Mm -hmm. Um, but like we we were interested in it and, and like like that I think that would have been cool. Like there could have been something cool there that might have happened. Like Lizzie like the moment when Lizzie walks out of her room and you like see the hallway and like you know, then she walks into her living room and you're like, Oh, there's a whole thing and like she goes over to Jane's room and uh like that would have been really cool. Mm -hmm, but yeah. it was really logistically difficult to make happen. But they're yeah, busy busy people. Uh, including m me, uh, definitely busy, busy people. I only have a baby I have to take care of. No, uh, that sounds so like I. That sounds like I lament that. I don't. He's amazing, and I love it. Um, it's good. It's great. Uh, I feel like I got. I, I won the lottery. He's Aww. healthy, and he's uh, he sleeps well. And Ooh. um, like, what else can you ask for? <laughs> <laughs> How old is he now? Three months. Three Aww. months. And he's learning yeah. how to be carried on his parents' backs. Yes. We, well, we, we, yeah, we've been carrying him around for a while, but the uh, the the backstory to this conversation <laughs> oh, is that right. I was late. I was late for the podcast because I, I was at a uh, a class for how to wear your baby uh, because we have we have like all of these devices to try and put him onto us so that we could like have free hands while also taking care of the baby, mm -hmm. but. Uh, yeah, uh, he grew out of the one we were using, and we're like, no, I don't know what to do now. It's a disaster. So, yeah. That's great. Um, so you've also said that your wife, Catherine, is like a big fan of, you know, Pride yeah. and Prejudice. How mm -hmm. did she feel when this whole process took off? Uh, she was apprehensive. Like She was the most, like, nervous of anybody. She's like, mm. you're doing, like, it's one thing to, like, somebody's doing an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. It's another way that it's like your loved one and you're like, mm, like, I don't yeah. know, like, cause she doesn't, she doesn't like the movie at all. Like, Ooh. and oh, interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. So the, like, well, I mean, she's has watched the miniseries like yeah. 4,000 times. <laughs> so to have the story be told in any different ways can be jarring. Mm -hmm. sure. And like, why would you even do that? You need six hours. Take the, <laughs> take the full six hours. Yeah. Um, we took a lot more than that probably yeah. in the end. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I like so I think she was just like at like beloved characters like mm. don't mess this up kind yeah. of thing. But yes, she likes the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, good. so that's good. good. Did yeah. she help you out any? In like, oh, because you oversaw yes. the script. Did you just sort of like okay, here's what I like. You tell yeah. me if this is acceptable. Well, yeah, like dumb, weird, dumb things. So like uh, in the in the beginning of uh, Pride and Prejudice, they, they go to a ball. And like this is an important event in the the like and and this is where Lizzie and Darcy first interact, and it was like well we can't have them go to a ball, <laughs> yeah. Like people don't go to balls, so like what's the what's the equivalent to a ball? And we had this like dumb idea that they'd be going to a club, Ooh. like that would be the equivalent of a ball. Would be like like where do you go to dance? You mm -hmm. go to the, and like dumbest idea ever. <laughs> so we made it a wedding, which makes that was oh, yeah. like I was yeah. like this doesn't make any sense. Like what like like to Catherine like I don't like that they're going to a club. And Catherine's like the like no, a ball isn't like the club cuz your parents are there and yeah. like the whole family is it's there. A it's like a wedding. Occasion, yeah. yeah. I'm glad she did that cuz yeah, that's good. Yeah. Like 
I get like well, I mean, yeah, I can't imagine we would have actually went that way, but yeah. it was like we we were that's what we were working with. Well, you have to start somewhere, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great, awesome. In the early Lizzie Benedict, because what we do also we go through original comments and we kind of see what people oh, I love it. their theories <laughs> yeah. and what they were thinking about. And a little big theory was that you were going to be cast as one of the men. Obviously, that didn't happen. But were there talks at any point for you to have a cameo? A cameo. Even as yourself. I have a cameo. Where? I I have a cameo in the Lizzie Bennet Diaries when Lizzie Bennet goes to VidCon. We were just, we just watched those videos. Where? Which episode and where were you? Was it on the second floor of the Anaheim Convention Center? Or was it when they're kind of in the big open area and that's when they find out that they're going to Netherfield? What I know is that I shot... A cameo for Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Oh, Ooh. what? Did it not get in? Yeah, have you not? Oh, watched I think it? I'm, I'm pretty sure it <laughs> you did. were the executive. No. no. Oh my god. No. We, now we have to go back and rewatch and watch every background. Wait, 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 wait. Were you like a part of the conversation? Yeah. So yeah. So Lizzie goes to 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 VidCon. Here's what I remember. Yes. Okay. Lizzie okay. is at VidCon, and I've been I've been hanging out with Ashley. But then it's like, okay, you're gonna be Lizzie now. Right. And and the the scene is I'm sleeping. I've I've, I've fallen asleep of exhaustion on a beanbag chair, bat behind the scenes at VidCon, and Lizzie wants to tell me what a big fan she is. And that's the thing. That's the thing we shot. And like I re- like. So, so to be clear, I'm not an actor and not okay, good at acting, yeah. and so like maybe it got cut because I was so bad, oh, no. or maybe maybe we put it in like bonus <laughs> features somewhere, like or we re- or, or we put it on like the the Mary Kate's alt channel, whatever uh, that was called, the Lydia Bennett, yes, yeah, the Lydia Bennett, yes, um, and uh, but if you guys don't think that it happened, then then it must not have made it in. Well, we just Did watched you dream this. We just watched those episodes and there was no bit about that. I don't even know if your name is mentioned in Frick. That's <laughs> hilarious. I'm I think you're mentioned because they're excited to go and everything. And yeah. Like... I don't remember hearing the words like Hank Green though. Like I remember like VidCon and like we're excited to network and we're I do remember your name being in the book, like the subsequent book that came out after the series. But I don't know. Oh, I know, but uh, that's not necessarily the canonical, like canonical part of it. Oh my god, this is frustrating for me. <laughs> I feel bad. We've really unearthed I'm, a scandal here. Now I'm watching the episodes because. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I thought maybe like you were a background person and like we just didn't notice no, you. No, no. That would be hard. that would have been funny. I should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We, I, I, I'm sure Bernie would remember what happened to that bit. Okay. That we I mean, like, we don't have the DVDs, but, like, no. obviously God. we need to get our hands on them to, like, watch You them. don't! <laughs> Come on! I know, no, I know. We'll I track it down. <laughs> I, can, I did contribute to the Kickstarter in 2013, though. Uh, then you didn't get your DVDs? I didn't have that much money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was one of the much smaller packages. Oh, okay. So I, I had the buttons um, and the okay. little notebook and, oh, nice. you know, that, that stuff. The t-shirt, you know. Just watching, just watching this thing that I just watched was so nostalgic. Aww. Just watching this the VidCon episode and then it hits the end screen and I was like, I did that. Aw, mm. yes you did. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that was like 2012 VidCon, I think. That was when, that was VidCon mm-hmm. before it really, really blew up. Yeah. Well, that was our on? first, I think our first year at the Anaheim Convention Center. So our first yeah. year when we were not, not in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Oh Anywho, yes, uh, but no, I, I'm not an actor, and I, I, I'd never, never considered being one of the guys. Okay. No. The fans felt otherwise. That's, <laughs> that, 
Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. If you had to, though, cast two YouTubers as Lizzie and Darcy, who would you cast yeah. in your dream cast? Mm. Well, we already have the dream cast. Yes, like, so the yeah. dream influencer cast. Like, if you could take two already prominent YouTubers and cast them as your Lizzie and Darcy. I feel you- like there should be British. Like, that would be fun. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Emma Blackery seems sort of Ooh, like a Lizzie. Do you know Emma Blackery? Yeah, she's yeah. kind of like a Lizzie Bennet to me. Um, like strong-willed and mm-hmm. uh, and funny and great. I'm feeling that. Yep. I could if I'm gonna go British. Go and then I need go a Emma British. Now I, yeah. now I need a now I need a British boy. <laughs> um, I think Charlie McDonald could be Darcy. Yeah, Charlie. Like I don't know. Charlie's so modest though. Like Darcy's yeah, not true. not modest. Like who's the uh, who's an who's arrogant the, who's the British, British YouTuber who's super, super full of himself but also is awesome? Go. <laughs> <laughs> we leave this to you. <laughs> yeah. Different. I just had an amazing idea. Sure. Okay, go. It's, it's Emma Blackery and as Darcy, DJ Flula. <gasps> that's, what I, that's what I want to see. Flula. Still European. Still European. Yeah. Yeah, oh, close enough. I could just picture him and be like, that's great. Like, you want to dance? I don't know. I don't know if that was a good impression of Lula. I love him, though. He's hilarious. And he's tall. He is very it would, tall. It would work if, because Jane has this line, she's like, Darcy is tall. Like, it would work. <laughs> tall and German. And, you yeah. Know. And Darcy is German. <laughs> he's very... Doesn't really get English. <laughs> yeah. It would be like Das Pemberley Digital. <laughs> I'm glad you came mm-hmm. up with that. We have our dream influencer okay. cast. Well, like a couple of yeah. Lula and Emma Blackery. We will have to work on those memes. Totally. And gifts. Make it happen. We will We will make it happen. We will. You'll be the first to know about that. Um, but anyway, back to the distraction question while you were thinking of that. Do you think yeah. that the Lizzie Bennet Diaries would look different if you were just planning on making it right now, like here in 2017, as opposed to when you started in like 2011-ish? Yeah. I mean, it would be really hard to produce something nowadays for the same budget and have people not be like, "Eh, this looks a little cheap. Mm. There's, and that's definitely a thing as YouTube has evolved. Like in the beginning, people were like, yeah, whatever. Like you're just doing your thing. And now people, there's sort of a higher level of expectation for production quality. Mm -hmm. And that is a shame because like, I don't think that production quality has that much to do with how good a thing is. But um, but there's just like there's a psychological thing where it's like I want this to look good because that's how I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And obviously you see that a lot in television. Like you know it doesn't matter how good your story is if like you're using twenty year old cameras. People are going to be like, well, why, why is this on TV? It looks like crap. Yeah. So I think like we couldn't have filmed it in Jenny Powell's house, and we like <laughs> we like we would have had to. It would probably have been on set. Like like you know. Emma proved was and right, like yeah. we did mm-hmm. later. Yeah, I, I I think that it would have had to look different. I think it would have had to be higher budget. But honestly, I don't think the scripts would have been that different. Okay. Hmm. I mean, like, because it still is a 200 plus year story. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the story would have been definitely the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the story, um, but, like, also just because, like, different choices. Like, like Lydia's story yeah. ended up very, very different than right, it did. Yeah. I In college, I took uh, an English class on, like, all about Jane Austen, and uh, it was really great. Like, because we kind of explored the idea that, like, a lot of novels that came out during this time, like, when Jane Austen mm. was writing this stuff, that a lot of these books, like, the girls who misbehaved basically, like, got pregnant and died and like that was like 
something like a construct novel. I'll think of the real name for it, but it basically was meant to like teach young readers right. a lesson. Well, and it's the same. It's the it's the rules of the horror movie. Don't yeah. do drugs. Don't have sex. And don't say I'll be right back. Are the, <laughs> the things that that will kill you. Um, yeah. So like yeah, I mean if you have sex in a horror movie, you're getting killed. Oh yeah. Definitely. Or if you go in like the house or something. But but no. Yeah, was... also, also don't just stay together. Stay in your room. Teamwork makes the dream work. Guys. Don't answer the phone. Yeah. Don't check out that noise. Uh-huh. Just... Yeah. Or like if you're going to use a phone, call the police. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, but with Lydia's story, I mean like that was like not like a straight adaptation. It was sort of tailored mm-hmm. to fit like the modern right. times. And that was really, really great. Like it was one of the things that. Yeah. Because in a lot of ways, I feel like fans could because of the 200-year-old story, predict what mm-hmm. was going to happen, but right. not how it was going to happen. So it was great. Yeah, and I remember that being really like an exciting part of the process, being like, we, we have to figure out a new thing to do mm-hmm. here. And like, what's it going to be? And how is it going to sort of feel like the same thing? Like, how does that, what is the same feeling that you get? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Have you wanted to venture into scripted shows again or do another Pemberley digital series? I yeah um, yeah I have but I haven't. Okay. Uh, it's 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 so expensive yeah. and it's so so oftentimes you know I I always want the people I work with here in Montana to bring me new ideas and oftentimes they will bring me narrative ideas. Ah okay. And I have said no to all of them eventually because when when we look at like how much man time it would take just the, the number of hours that have to go into it. Um, it's just so hard to justify it when I when I don't feel like it's an idea that's going to have the same punch hmm. and the same like broad appeal that Lizzie Bennett did. So the, we've had a couple of what I think are really great ideas for shows, a horror one and a historical drama like that takes place in the 40s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, could be really cool yeah. which doesn't make very much sense necessarily <laughs> but uh there is video so there is a way to do it oh. um but i uh yeah i just if, if we had infinite money yes absolutely yep. yeah yeah um, <laughs> do you have like a dream novel like copyright or no copyright if you know um, if you had infinite money what kinds of books would you like to kind of do the same thing as lizzie bennett um, there is a book called, oh God, is it, do I have it on my shelf? I don't think I do. I don't know what it's called. I've forgotten, but I, I've thought about, I've thought about doing science fiction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so like infinite budget in like new, new things. There's a book. I, God, 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 I can't, I can see the cover of it. I can't see what it says on it. What's it about? It is about, it's about a group of teenagers, uh, in a society where fame is the only currency. Ooh. And they are on a trip to Mars and their spaceship has a malfunction and all the adults die. Ooh. And so they become (laughs) very famous because they are like, because they are the only survivors of this thing and the ship is off course so it misses its rendezvous and like, it's very good. Um, I think the author's last name is Barnes and that that might get me there. We can help you do some Googling. Yeah. Oh, that's Barnes and Noble. God dang it. <laughs> I was actually thinking that, but I didn't want uh, to say anything. Oh, my gosh. Um, the origin I think, story. <laughs> I got it. His name is John Barnes. Oh, and oh, so it, now I'm going to now I'm going to find his books that he's written. 
I've read several of his books. It's very good. He's not a super, super successful author. Losers in Space. Ooh, Losers, Losers in Space. Called. Yeah. So that that I would love to do. And it's like, it's not like it's not a well-known book. It's not a popular book. But I, I read it and I was like, this is a web series. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're, they're making content so that they can become more famous. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, and like, yeah. And, and, and it's just packed with weird drama and there's a sentient pink elephant uh like a, like illicit sentient pink elephant like you're not supposed to like genetically modify uh animals to become like like have human abilities but somebody has done it and they accidentally find it oh and God. so like so one of the characters in the book is this it's good, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check it out <laughs> Add it to our TBR. Well, we'll make yeah. it for you. We'll make this web series. It's gonna suck, but we'll. <laughs> yeah, and I like. I literally I tried to find him. He's not on Twitter. He doesn't have. He doesn't have a public presence at all. Like oh, John Barnes is not hmm. on the internet, and so he's an old guy. Like he's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's he's, very yeah. interesting. Well, but he's got. He's got lots of great books. Um, but. Do you think um, now some, that some some of which I think about all the time, and it's very interesting to like have this author who I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but like, like I continue I to think about that book like ten years after I read it, and no one knows who you are. Hmm. Wow, this is ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, it's not. I don't know if I, that I read that book ten years ago, but I think the first book I read of John Barnes's was ten years ago. Okay. Um, would you want to make it in like the sort of Pemberley digital universe? Or would you want that to be like? I mean, it takes place so far in the future. Like that, that, that was, there was always this, this like hope and prayer in the back of my head that it would become like the Marvel universe. And like eventually Mm. we could have like Lizzie and Emma and and interacting and sort of in a, like a constant way that would break free of the books. Uh Um, And yeah, I mean, maybe that could still happen someday. I mean, you do have Um, Caroline and Emma approved, so. Yeah, it kind of yeah. happens. Yeah, it's definitely a shared universe, and and I, uh, you know, there was a d- the decision we had to make at the end of the series to end it when the book ended. I will always think that was a good decision, and I will always regret it anyway. Hmm. Interesting. That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And we are coming up on the fifth year anniversary of the show when it started. Are there any memories that stand out for you? Um, like, I'm just so glad it brought cool people into my life. Um, ind- individual memories. Who has those? <laughs> um, but it's it's an overall feeling that, hmm. like, you know, that uh, I, th- I think that the, like like, groups of people coming together to do special things is, like, that's the that's the whole like goal of the human experience and um and if you get to be a part of that in your life however many times that happens everyone you have to be extremely grateful for yeah definitely it, it brought us together yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we, yeah do you, you do work through all your questions yeah we, did. we so wanted that to be okay. kind of like the final like we yeah. we developed like new questions as we talked to you but this is great like i love that i learned things that like I had no idea that I didn't know about the yeah. Benedict. Well, I'm glad that I was able to come 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 at you with some of that. Yeah, no, that was great. I love and like when you first started with the Tumblr prom story. It makes a lot of sense because like media is like a new storytelling. Like, what was it? What was the name of that woman? It was like last year. She like released a 200 Twitter story yes. about yeah. her experience like sex trafficking, but like 
It was very it got, exciting. It got bought. Like, and like then, it's going to be a show or a movie then, or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Turning to social media for like inspiration and new yeah. story, and it's yeah, finding new ways to tell stories. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's really important. Um, at the same time, like not abandoning the old ones. Like we're never gonna not have novels. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, and I loved. It was so neat that like they got to be real people, a, like a little bit. Yeah, you know, there's definitely like you like. Asking people to suspend their disbelief, like this is another problem with web series, is that when you're in an active viewing state, the way that we are when we're sitting at a desk in front of a computer, um, it's very different from when you're sitting on your couch. And and I, I would guess that a majority of people watched Lizzie Bennett Diaries either on their phone or on a computer. And suspending your disbelief is a much different process when you're in that active state. Like, I know that this is fiction. I know that these are actors. I know, but like, doing it in a way that felt legitimate and authentic. I have never seen a web series that felt like it was designed for the web that was able to feel that was that like, let me suspend my disbelief that in which the the characters didn't address the camera. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. if it, like, cause I'm like, I like if, if, if the camera is just there in the room and, and like, and I'm supposed to pretend like I don't know. And maybe that's partially because I make, video content all the time mm-hmm. but uh and you're i'm just supposed to pretend like like there's a ca- that i've forgotten that there's a cameraman there mm-hmm. like no i know there's a cameraman there when i'm watching the tv show on my tv i don't think about the cameraman mm-hmm. unless right. it's like unless it's you know maybe some reality tv like rupaul's drag race i kind of think about <laughs> the fact that there's cameramen there but also maybe more because i'm a production person than because um sure. because of how it's actually built um but on the internet, I just always feel like, like, I know, like, I, I don't believe you. I don't connect with you unless I, like, know how this is being filmed. Mm-hmm. Like, unless I feel both sides of it. And, like, and Charlotte sitting there behind the camera, like, that was always such a, like, a weird, because that's not, it's, it's a weird thing for a vlogger to have done that. But I, but I still accepted it. I was still, I was like, no, yeah, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. And, and it, and it really helped. Like we kind of needed it because we needed to separate Lizzie from the show a little bit mm-hmm. so that she wasn't like in the comments finding out what's going to happen to her in the future. <laughs> um, and but like but giving them their own lives and and the moments when I was most immersed in the story were when they were on Twitter. There's something really interesting about that where it was like I like whenever I was watching it, I was all, and, you know, like obviously like I've edited these videos and I've met these people. So like it's harder for me to su- suspend disbelief. But when it's just when it's on Twitter, it's like this is how people talk. This is how people connect. And that created such depth. And, and also like you had to be there then you had to be there in the moment. You had to have seen the most episode for the tweets they were tweeting to make sense. That like existing in a moment was really special and important and weird and kind of like not how people want to create things because they don't want to, it to exist in any particular moment. They want you to be able to watch it five years from now mm-hmm. and have the same experience. But I love that it took place across platforms and uh, and created that kind of character depth where there was the, there were things happening even when you weren't watching. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I thank you for caring about this thing. Thank you. Thank you I mean, it's funny because in going back through old comments, I've run into my old comments now of when yeah. the show was running, and oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm talking to Jane like she can talk back and yeah. things like that. Yeah. No, so 
yeah, I mean, the show brought us together and it's cool to just um, have people who are like coming and telling us like, I love this show and and re trying to rewatching it and trying to relive it. And mm-hmm. it's just awesome mm-hmm. how this community like really rallied behind this show and continue to still love it years later. Yeah, we see people still actively on social media, like discovering it for the first time or rewatching it because it's always going to yeah. be there. It's great. And it was just so it was like the first it was really my actually my introduction to the whole sort of online community because it's just nice. sort of this came out my freshman year of college and I met my best friend there who was like in the nerd fighter community and she knew about you guys in VidCon and she's like you should check out the Lizzie Bennett diaries because you like reading yeah <laughs> and I was like All you right. like books you like books <laughs> like you'd be into this and yeah. I totally was, yeah. And I, yeah. I remember when like Darcy Day came, and when Episode ninety eight came, and we, because we would always like be on opposite ends of campus, and we'd be like, okay, it's noon, because it was like on the East Coast, and so it's like, let's rally. We gotta find each other. We gotta watch it together. We gotta like make this mm-hmm. happen, and we would watch together. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that people continue to watch who have seen before and that there's even new people coming into it and watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited that it's just going to be there forever. Yeah. Mm. This thing that I helped make. Great. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you again. That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.